Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Kyle, if that's true, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. We would like to formally welcome you to this Friday episode of the show. I am Kyle Krabs, founder and director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL draft analyst for FanRag Sports, and I am joined by Mr. Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports as well. Uh, Joe, my trusty co-pilot, how are we doing this Friday? And... uh, First and foremost, I would love to get your reaction to the breaking news regarding the 2018 NFL Draft. Yeah, it's uh, first of all, I'm doing well, Kyle. Always good to talk football with you on a Friday heading into another weekend of college football. Hopefully it lives up to uh, week seven, right, to set the bar pretty high. So we'll see see what happens. But, um, yeah, so the NFL Draft, the 2018 Draft, will be held in Dallas, Texas, and you know, here's my reaction. I don't really have one. I'm just glad that it's happening. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be there. We'll probably be back in the fan rag office doing the live broadcast. So as long as it's happening somewhere, I'm good. I don't get caught up in the city. Well, yeah, I, it doesn't really matter as much for us anymore as it used to, right? Because we're going to be in a studio and streaming online. But I just, I, I felt it was odd that, you know, Philadelphia blew everybody away last year, yeah. and they still decided to move it, uh, which I think is a shame because that was a really cool venue to have it right there at the Art Museum in Philadelphia. Uh, I know that that was great for uh, the city of Philadelphia with everything that it brought in. So 
as a guy that's a Philly guy, homegrown, you know, I would have loved to see it stay there, but it'll be certainly a different dynamic at ATT Stadium, which I believe is where they're having it. Uh, from what I understand, that stadium's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, where Philadelphia was very. Um, the art museum's right there at the, at the cusp of downtown, so uh, I'll be interested to see what the reaction is. But uh, Philadelphia certainly set the bar very high last year. Yeah, there was a lot of great reviews from that, and I guess it's kind of cool to see it in a, in a really different part of the country where it was in New York forever. Did, did a few years in Chicago, back to Philadelphia. Now it goes to the south, right? The, the Texas, right? The deep south. So it uh, should be a, definitely a different dynamic. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe we can get it back into the southeast here sometime soon as well. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath there. Charlotte, Jeff. Atlanta, those would be great places. There. Yeah, you, yeah, you're definitely not dropping any hints there. <laughs> so, Kyle, um, we normally preview the weekend ahead in college football on our Friday show, but we're going to take a break today. Uh, a lot of good football to get into this weekend, and we'll recap it all for you on Monday. But uh, just to kind of break it up, we wanted to get into a, a different topic here where we're going to get into seven pretty prominent names that could be available for the 2018 NFL Draft and debate whether or not at this point they should declare for the NFL Draft or stay in school. And so we will go through this list and, and, and banter back and forth. And uh, I think it'll be interesting because we've got some fun names here to get into. Yeah, you know, we're we're essentially at the halfway point. A lot of these teams have played six games. So for, from a regular season perspective, um, we're halfway home. And I think there's a lot of guys that you can kind of see the direction that their season's trending. Um, so that that's certainly something that, you're, if if the plot lines continue in the direction that they're going, for some of these guys, they should be no-brainer decisions one way or the other, but they're always names that when you hear, oh, so-and-so's eligible, you automatically just pencil them in and assume. And for some of these guys that we're going to be talking about, uh, coming back to school was probably going to be a, a more favorable decision as compared to uh, jumping into the 2018 class. Kyle, let's get into it. Let's start with a big name. That is Lamar Jackson, quarterback Louisville. Kyle, I'll let you take lead here. Should he declare or stay in school? Yeah, so I think Lamar should definitely declare at this point with, with the way that the season's trending for Louisville. It's quite apparent that the supporting cast there is kind of underwhelming. Lamar is shouldering a whole bunch of the load. He's taking uh, a lot of a lot of runs on his own. Obviously, he's responsible for the passing game as well. And I've liked what I've seen from Lamar as far as taking steps to become a better passer. I certainly think you compare last year to this year. Lamar's a more consistent passer. Uh, he just gets no help. You know, a ton of drops, a ton of well-placed balls that that end up not converting. You know, key game situations and so on and so forth. And uh, I think the Boston College game is a great example where Lamar literally willed the team back with two rushing touchdowns on his own to get the game tied. They're in position to go down and win the game. He hits a guy on a throw who then fumbles, and Boston College returns the fumble and kicks a game-winning field goal. It's that That's the story of Louisville's entire year to this point. So 
with Lamar making positive strides as a passer, looking better as a passer with his mechanics and seeing the full field of play, and then pairing that with what's another year at Louisville look like for Lamar? It's another year of him shouldering the entire load, really putting his body out on the line, and he takes some big hits. Uh, his expectation, he said, when they lost their second game of the season was, we expected to compete for a conference championship and a national championship. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's not going to happen this year. So for Lamar, I think it makes much more sense to prepare himself for life as a professional football player, go through the draft process, and enter the 2018 draft. Kyle, if I see Lamar Jackson throw another bench route to that tight end where there's nobody covering him, and he just bobbles the football and drops it, uh, you know, I might might barf. But, uh, yeah, you know what, I I agree with you here. I I think that – his uh, upward growth from last year to this year has been very notable, and I'd like to see that continue at the NFL level um, and uh, like to see him go to an offense where, you know, they're going to use him in ways that he can be creative still and get outside the pocket and really build on what he's shown. I'd love to see him in Anthony, uh, in Anthony Lynn's system with, Saint, with the Chargers, but um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think we're both on the same page there. Kyle, I'm going to take the lead on the next guy. And uh, that's going to be Penn State running back Saquon Barkley. You know, I don't think this one's hard at all. The guy's got to come out. You know, I think I've I've said it on the past, or I've at least tweeted it out. I said, you know, Saquon Barkley is the rarest of rare when it comes to uh, running back prospects. His blend of power, elusive traits, his ability to catch the football, his burst, his breakaway speed, his balance – his work ethic, you know, he people rave about that. He seems like a terrific human being. I mean, this is a running back that is – it's not about whether or not he's a first-round grade. It's whether or not he's going to be the first player picked, a top-three type player. I know we've seen, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and, uh, and Leonard Fournette go really high. But, uh, you know, I think this is just another tier of prospect. And, and so I don't think there's anything to gain uh, by returning back to school. I mean – the, the, the key here the rest of the way is, goodness gracious, don't don't get hurt with Penn State, you know, kind of right now in, in the playoff picture, and I kind of anticipate him to, them to stay in that conversation. You know, it's going to be uh, a battle of making sure that Mr. Mr. Barkley is ready to go for the postseason uh, in terms of getting ready for the NFL draft, but I just cannot imagine a, a good reason why he should stay in school. No, I'm totally there with you. Um, I, I think if Penn State loses two games this year, the second that second loss is over, you will hear people suggest Saquon Barkley should stop playing football this year. Yep, yep. Like, quote-unquote, protect your stock. And you're absolutely right. Like, Penn State's ability to compete for uh, the college football playoff is going to keep Saquon very much front and center for the Heisman race. And, you know, he's going to continue to tote the rock. I'm a little leery about asking Saquon Barkley to return kicks, but James Franklin, you do you, brother. You know, he, he <laughs> ran one back against Indiana, and, um, you know, it's certainly working. His ability to contribute all-purpose yards in all areas of the game is tremendous. So I am absolutely right there with you. This is a no-brainer. Uh, I would I would take Saquon over the field if you ask me right now who the top player on my 2018 draft board would be. Yeah, you know, I, I... – I think it's going to be the same way for me. Uh, Let's move on here to the next player. Uh, Malik Jefferson, linebacker from Texas. Kyle, I'll give you the floor here to go first. Stay in school or declare. Malik Jefferson, linebacker. 
this is an interesting one, Joe. We talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. You you could see the gate swing either way here if you're trying to justify a decision. When I watch Malik, he's still very much just a, a pursuit linebacker. You know, he he's effective in blitz situations and, and penetrating the pocket. And, you know, d- delayed blitzes off the second level because he's a great athlete. But he hasn't really taken the next step. You know, he's been a highly regarded guy since he was a true freshman starting for Texas. And he's always kind of just stayed on that same tier. He's never really evolved as a player as you would hope to see him do. Uh, So one side of the coin is go back to school, get another year of development at the college level, uh, hopefully optimize your mental processing and and football intelligence and uh, ability to play off of blocks and, and play strength and hand usage and so on and so forth, all these things that you just like to see a little bit more out of him. But then the other side of the coin is, well, he started at Texas, one of the prominent programs in the country, for three years, and he hasn't changed. So the literal definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So going back to Texas for a fourth year, what is that going to change for Malik? So with that in mind, that's why I I, I think a team would, maybe not in the first round, but a team would invest in him early based on know the traits that he has the you know athlete that he is i would probably lean to claire but that's a difficult one for me to choose one way or the other yeah i can see both sides and and jefferson another thing to note he's 62 240 i mean he came into college you know looking like a senior already and and so you know from a physical development standpoint i mean he's he's where he's going to be and um if it kind of feels like a middle school football player when when you get on the team with your sixth grade buddies and there's certain players that are just the best, but by the end of that middle school career, they're it kind of levels off and they seem to blend right. in a little bit more. And I kind of get that vibe with Jefferson. And you know, I'd like to see him take the next step. But yeah, like you said, three years in a row, kind of the same player. Um, you know, is the next step next step going to come, or is it just time to take your chances on developing at the next level? You're physically gifted. And uh, get into a situation where you know you're in an NFL scheme, and, and maybe that'll bring out the best in Jefferson. I can go either way, but I lean to Claire uh, as long as he's healthy, and, and you know, especially with his with his physical ability. I, I just don't know that that's going to get any better. So I'm not sure where he's going to get better staying at Texas. Uh, Kyle, next player up. Let's go with Calvin Ridley, wide receiver from Alabama. And Ridley is a player that, since he was a freshman, we talked about him being a little bit on the older side. He's born uh, December twentieth, nineteen ninety four, uh, so he is a is an older prospect. If I'm not a math guy, but I think he'll be twenty three this December. Uh, if he stays in school, you know, he's going to be twenty five in his rookie season, and and I, and I just don't think we need to see that. And, you know, he's he's been productive since he came on campus, and in an offense where you have to keep in mind it's run heavy, it's um, Alabama's playing with the lead a ton. His production's not going to be, you know, off the charts. So you have to keep that in mind. But what he showed this season as a route runner and really looked as good as I've ever seen him getting out of his breaks and separating, you know, I think it's time. I I really do. Uh, Again, being a 25-year-old rookie, not what we need here. I think he's he's playing his best football and he can come out uh, at this point and uh, have a good resume under his belt and ready to take on the next level. Yeah, I think a lot of times the age discussion gets a little overplayed if you're splitting hairs between 20 and 22. But you start getting 23, 
24, 25 in your rookie season, yeah, that's now you're starting to get up there a little bit. So you're you're looking at realistically by the time you hit the end of your rookie contract, if you are selected early and end up being a first round pick with a five year, uh, fifth year option, uh, you are going to be past your physical peak by the time it's time to sign your second contract, especially a skill player. So that for me is a bigger factor for Ridley than I think some other players uh, who have this decision to make. And Joe, as you said, Calvin, uh, I, I think he has absolutely looked as good as he has looked at Alabama. You know, he's always been very quick in short areas, very twitchy, but just kind of putting it all together and you know, we had the hot, quote unquote hot take last year. Our Darius Stewart, uh, better receiver last year than Alabama. You take Calvin Ridley this year and compare him to, to our Darius Stewart from last year. Ridley is most definitely the better player. So uh, I'm I'm happy to see him continue to make the most of his time and and really become a true technician to complement what's great skill, um, natural athletic ability, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, I definitely think this is somebody who you'll see his name come January 15th or whatever the deadline is this year. Kyle, I want you to take the lead on this one. This is your guy, not the quarterback from the University of Florida. Will Greer, transfer to West Virginia. Kyle, this is an interesting one. He's he's in his first season as a starter at West Virginia, had a handful of starts at Florida. Declare or stay? Yeah, so we just got done talking about age being a factor. Uh, Will turns 23 during the month of the 2018 NFL draft on April 30, turns 23 years old. So that's a factor. It's not as much of a make or break for a quarterback. Um, but here's the thing. I just I just did a extensive, and I use that I don't use that word loosely, an extensive piece on Greer for Fan Rag Sports, kind of planting my flag in the ground here, saying, you know what, this is a guy I would ride with. This is a guy that, that a lot of my uh, draft takes this year is going to be centered around this guy. I'm, I'm hoping, oh, and I made the case for why that, that he should make the decision to declare this year. And the reason being, uh, Greer's averaging about 38, 39 pass attempts per game through the first six games at West Virginia. You extrapolate that over another six games plus a bowl game. I'm not counting on West Virginia to get in the Big 12 championship, so we're just going to call it another seven games left to play. You combine his pass attempts this year with his pass attempts during his six games played at the University of Florida in 2015. Greer has over 600. He's on pace to have over 650 pass attempts. That's more than Mitch Trubisky and Carson Wentz, who both went top two. So NFL teams have proven if your on-the-field work is good enough they are okay with a smaller sample size and investing you. And I'm not by any means saying Will Greer is going to go in the top five. I want to clarify that. But as far as my guys, a guy that I really like, a guy that I think you can win with at the NFL level, uh, Greer is on that level for me. So the NFL is going to be okay with his body of work if they are okay with his tape. What does this tape show? Well, um, he's got a much more live arm than he gets credit for. Um, I went through four of the first six games that West Virginia's played this year, and Greer's able to put heat on the ball. He's able to zip throws into tight windows. He's able to throw off of unorthodox platforms and throw the ball accurately and put it down the field. He's able to take vertical shots down the field 
and put them right on the money. He had a couple of throws that had air yardage over 60 yards down the field and threw them accurately. Uh, I like the way he plays loose. He's like Baker Mayfield. I know I've said this before, but his ability to create within the pocket, keep his eyes down the field, um, and his willingness to play loose and challenge coverage man-to-man, put the ball right over top of a defender's helmet when he's not looking at man-to-man coverage. Uh, Those kinds of traits are really exciting. And I think between the ears, this is a really sharp guy. Uh, Obviously, he'll have to answer some questions about that failed drug test that led to him moving on from the University of Florida. But at the same time, you know, he's... He seems like he's really come a long way in his life. His drug test was something that that he contested when it happened. It was something he said was an over-the-counter supplement. Uh, So if you look at his overall body work, the age, the pass attempts that he will be able to say he has under his belt, the -the on-the-field product, if he continues to play at the level that he's playing at, Joe, he's he's tied for first in the country in passing touchdowns with 21. He's in the top 10 in yards per game. He's in the top 10 in yards per attempt. He's in the top 10 in quarterback rating. Uh, He's playing lights out. So older quarterback, threshold number of pass attempts, playing lights out, I think it's a no-brainer. Kyle, I just listened to you talk about Will Greer, and the one thing that I couldn't get off my mind is that, you know, People may notice that your audio quality is not what it normally is today. You're you're mobile. You're in the car driving. Where you know we we travel a lot. We do a lot of work, so we have to uh, you know sneak in our recordings when we can. But I I know for a fact you are you are driving. You don't have any notes, and you just ripped off Will Greer's date of birth off the top of your head. I'm a little concerned. Uh, I'm telling you right now, he's, he's one of my guys. He's, I'm going to ride with him. Um, I can tell you he has two, 2,092 passing yards through six games. I can also tell you he's thrown for th- over 300 yards in all of West Virginia's games so far this year. Anything else we need to know? I mean, you know his girlfriend's name, any brothers and sisters? Uh, he's, and... he's actually married. He's been married for about a year and a half. <laughs> That's terrific. I'm not... Uh, I am not kidding, man. I am all in on on Thrill Greer. I'm in. There it is. Kyle Krabs has planted his flag on Will Greer, folks. So uh, remember, remember, oh, Thrill. Sorry, I'm going to make that mistake. It's like like when Mitch went to Mitchell. You know, it's it's a Will Thrill. It's understandable. Just yeah, yeah, I'll give me a couple weeks. I'll be there for you. Uh, There it is. Remember who told you first that Will Greer was a, 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 a really good NFL draft prospect for quarterback position. Kyle, a couple more to get into. The, I'll take the lead on this. and We want to talk about USC cornerback Imon Marshall. And, um, and he's not having a good year. I, I've seen a couple of Trojans games. And the, the, guy, the other cornerback, Jack Jones, who I don't think is eligible, has been playing a whole lot yeah. better than, than Imon Marshall. And not that that's the barometer, right? But uh, Marshall just doesn't look comfortable at the catch point right now. He seems like he's having a difficult time staying connected to his man and locating the football. He's late to find the football, almost like Ronald Darby in his his uh, time at Florida State, where it's like, man, all the traits are there. He just can't find the football, and I'm really seeing that from Marshall. He's still young. He's born. I have notes, so don't. This isn't creepy. Uh, he was born in '97, two uh, in February '97. So he'll be. 
you know, he's still 20. He'll be 21 playing next year. He's not an older prospect or anything like that. I'd like to see him come back and recapture, you know, what everybody saw in his sophomore season and, and really solidify his draft stock because I don't think he'd be coming out playing his best football should he declare this year. Think your textbooks are too expensive? So do we. Meet Cengage Unlimited. Access to all your Cengage courses on platforms like MindTap and WebAssign, our library of ebooks, study guides and tools, and a free print rental, all with one subscription for $119.99 per semester. No matter how many courses you enroll in or how many ebooks you use, the price of Cengage Unlimited stays the same. Visit nolimitstolearn.com to learn more about Cengage Unlimited. Yeah, and you know, I'll be damned if if I wasn't in on Imani, he was on my all-draft-eligible preseason ballot. Uh, I had a tweet saying that you know he's just been he's been off at the catch point. He's far too grabby, far too physical, and he freaking liked it on Twitter. So I, Iman knows I'm not not too keen on his play right now. But Iman, if you're listening, I want you to know I'm a really big fan of your skill set. Just got to iron out the kinks, man. And I'm right there with you, Joe. I, th- I think this is a player that, you know, I kind of put myself out on a limb uh, to, to put him on that pedestal. And I'm not afraid to scale myself back and say, you know what, uh, he, he's got too much to iron out, you know, to stand pat and continue to, to vouch for him. So he is a player I think would at this point be best served coming back. Kyle, we've got one more. I'll let you take the lead on this. That is Texas offensive lineman Connor Williams. He's injured right now. Stay in school or declare. Yeah, um, I, I'm coming. I'm coming out if I'm Connor. Um, no, the meniscus can be scary. Um, we we really don't have access to the medicals to really know the full picture of what's going on here with Connor, but especially as a bigger guy, like that can be problematic because that, that can turn into bone on bone. And you saw what that did for miles. Jack when miles, Jack tore his meniscus was out for the entire season, ended up deciding to come out anyway. And he fell to the second round. So I think, and, and he was also widely regarded as that caliber of a prospect of what you hear. Connor Williams also talked about as far as being a universal offensive tackle one, uh, Jalen Smith and Miles Jack were considered one and one A before they both got hurt. So, um, in spite of the injury risk, I think Connor's film is tremendous. I know he's a great kid. It seems like he loves the University of Texas, so I would not be surprised if he does come back. But if it were me in those shoes, especially with an injury like that, I would be taking my talents to the next level. Yeah, man, that's a disappointing one. I thought he was kind of one of those blue-chip guys right there that yeah. belonged to the top ten consideration. Really smooth football player, had a lot of power, a lot of great technique. I mean, he's very much what you're looking for in today's NFL to, to play uh, you know, as a blindside protector, get out, work laterally in zone, and, and, and be able to move people. And uh, really one of the crappier injuries of the year. And it's difficult because I was really looking for him to kind of build that resume this year and just be a dominant football player and – and just, just kind of check all the boxes all season long and be a high draft pick. But unfortunately now, you know, he, the, the injury comes into play and 
you know, will he be healthy through the draft process and be able to check off those medical boxes? And if so, if he's going to be healthy, then I can understand, you know, going through, like even Miles Jack, he's had a lot of progress throughout the year, and he was even able to do a vertical jump and things like that, show teams that he was on the road to recovery. You know, if he's if this is something that's that's really going to limit him from training and those types of things, you know, I'd like to see him go back, be healthy, and, and have another season as a starter. But, um, you know, I, I can see it both ways, and I think it's my decision here would really come down to some medical information that I just don't have. Um, so, interesting player, man. That was a real, real crappy one to see him go down. But, Kyle, this was a fun concept. We'll have to do this again and, and dig into some other players that uh, are teetering the fence and, and – uh, you know, see, see what other discussion we can draw up. But that is going to do it for us today on the show. Enjoy week eight in college football. There are not that many full Saturdays left, folks, so plant your ass in front of a TV and watch as much football as you can. Uh, make sure you stay connected with what we're doing. The best way to do that is by hitting the subscribe button on whatever podcast resource you use. Leave us that five-star review so that way people know what they're getting into uh, when they when they listen to the show and, and tell a friend about what we're doing. Uh, we're trying to build an awesome podcast here and certainly appreciate any support that you are willing to give us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is at NDT Scouting LLC. Enjoy the weekend, folks. We'll be back again on Monday. Signing off for Kyle Krabs, this is Joe Marino, and thank you for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. All right, dude, that worked out good. You didn't have any uh, any audio flips except for that one edit at the beginning where you uh, messed up. Yeah, the I, name, fuck- I think. No, I fucked. Up. I went to say welcome to Friday. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy. Yep. Right now, get up to fifty percent off jeans from fifteen bucks for adults, ten bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to fifty percent off jeans for the family. That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online. Old Navy, here we come. High fashion, Old Navy. About seven twenty to seven twenty nine. Select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.